0: Stop Pioneering is a FreedomCast production. You can learn more by visiting freedomcast.us, and if you'd like to support our work, you can go to freedomcast.locals.com. Good is the enemy of great. The first time I heard this phrase, it was 6.30 in the morning while standing at attention in formation for band practice the summer of my senior year of high school. Let me add some context. In Texas, for UIL and band, you are eligible to go to the area contest for a chance to progress to state once every two years. Two years prior to our senior year, we were on track to advance to the area competition, and we were one of the best marching bands in our region. We knew we were good as a band, and we had the utmost confidence in our ability to go out and perform at the qualifying regionals. But something happened. During the last 15 seconds of our performance, one side of the field was half a beat off from the other side of the field. After a flawless performance, this was one mistake that would ultimately be the deciding factor that ended our marching season that year and would haunt us for another year and a half until we got another chance to compete on that stage. The summer of our senior year, we knew what was on the line for us. It was our last chance to make it to area, to then have the potential to make it to state. Our band director at that time was a great leader, and I have taken so many lessons that I have learned from him and applied it to my professional life as I have matured over the years. One of them was the phrase that I mentioned earlier, of good is the enemy of great. You see, in my town of Corpus Christi, Texas, our high school band was known to be a good marching band. In fact, one of the best in the city, now I know I may cause some waves there, but we were, in fact, one of the best marching bands in the city. Before school even started that fall, we knew the entire marching piece by memory as a full marching band. Most schools would only have a portion of their marching pieces committed to memory by the beginning of the August season, and then they would develop the rest as the season progresses. We had ours nailed down by the beginning of July, but we also needed a stern reminder of what happens when you don't stay humble. Fast forward to that senior year, we ultimately made it past the regionals and we made it to area, but we didn't quite make it to state. Overall, we did reach our goal of making it to the area competition, and I'll always have that patch on my Letterman to remind me of the dedication and sacrifice that it took to make that happen. Good is the enemy of great, as a phrase, has stuck with me throughout my professional career and even my personal life, and it's all about possessing that growth mindset. Now, I did talk about a growth mindset in episode one of my podcast series, and I'd like to invite you to check out that episode after this one if you haven't already. Now, for me, I strongly believe that a growth mindset is critical to the learning and creative process and even applies to what I like to call incremental innovation, which are small improvements that will ultimately lead to the big breakthrough. So let's jump in for today's episode. The title of this episode is Growing to Greatness, and I am a strong believer that part of the growth process is good constructive feedback. Without feedback, how can we really get better? Now, there are many ways to navigate this topic, so I'm going to break this episode up into two parts, and it's a very short episode, so I'll give you the gift of that one. I'm going to start by identifying what good feedback can look like and how to provide it. Then I'll wrap up with how you can ask somebody for feedback. I will share some information that's out there by one internet search away, and then I'll also share a model that we've used in the leadership development space. While there are many different feedback models out there, I'll speak to some that I've used and seen used in my experience. This doesn't mean that any other model is incorrect. I'm just going to provide examples of what I've seen used in the past and draw from my own experiences. At the end of the day, you want to find a process that you are comfortable with and that feels natural. You want to be as genuine as possible when providing feedback. So let's dive in. When it comes to providing feedback, you can break this down into three main categories. One is appreciating or reinforcing. Two is coaching and three is constructive. So let's let's dive into one right now. So appreciation and reinforcing, that is going to be the act of rewarding someone for their great work and achievements. This type of feedback can be used to encourage desired behaviors and even be a tool that you can use to motivate or inspire others. Coaching is helping someone expand their knowledge, skills, and capabilities. Coaching is also an opportunity to address feelings which helps balance and strengthen relationships. And lastly, we have constructive. This is where you are assessing a person against a set of standards and looking for opportunities for improvement. The goal here is to build someone up rather than tear them down by just telling them what they're doing wrong. And for this episode, I'm probably going to stay around the area of the constructive feedback. In my experience, feedback and comedy really have something in common. It's all about the timing. For example, let's say that I have a coworker who who is slightly more senior than I am and that is consistently asking or volunteering me last minute to a task. I know each time that I can complete these tasks, but at a cost. There is an increased stress on my end. There is also the added possibility that I will make an error and push along that error without the proper amount of time to review my work. All of these factors can impede not only my own success, but the success of the team, and they're not sustainable. So if I were to wait a month from now to deliver this feedback to my colleague, I run the risk of that feedback conversation being ineffective since too much time has passed. So again, time is of the essence here. So let's take a look at the actual conversation. One main model you may hear of will be the STAR model, which is an acronym for Situation, Task, Action, and Result. This is a great model to use when answering interview questions by stating the situation, the task, or a situation or task at hand. The action that you took and the result or the outcome. And there's even an added piece to that, which is STAR and then AR, which is the alternative result. If you were to give feedback or say, if we would have done things differently, this would have been the alternative result. But for today's episode, I'm actually going to be talking about a different model called the SBI model, which is yet another acronym that stands for Situation, Behavior, and Impact. The Center for Creative Leadership developed the SBI Feedback Model to help leaders deliver clear, specific feedback. And you too can use this tool by structuring your feedback around these three key areas. So let's break it down. First, you have Situation. This is where you want to outline the situation that you're referring to so that the context is clear and specific. Next, we have Behavior. You can discuss the precise behavior that you want to address. And finally, we have Impact. This is where you'll highlight the impact of the person's behavior on you, the team, or the organization. When I put it all together, it can look a little something like this. Hi, colleague, or whatever we'll call it, colleague A. Hello, colleague A. Over the past couple of months, the situation, you've consistently asked me to deliver on a tight deadline with little to no heads up, without truly understanding the other deliverables that are being asked of me. Behavior. I do value our partnership, and I do my best to meet these tight deadlines so that we all remain successful as a team. And I do fear that this type of pace is not sustainable for me in the long term and that there is an increased risk that I'll miss one of these important deadlines. Impact. In the future, would it be possible to give me more of a heads up so that I can shift some things around in my schedule to make sure that I can devote the time necessary to deliver a good quality product? There is an abundance of information that indicates how useful such a model can be. Based off of the article that MindTools published, titled Providing Clear Specific Feedback, Studies suggest that employees tend to prefer corrective feedback over positive feedback, but managers are often reluctant to give it. Also, according to research from Gallup, only 28% of people receive feedback a few times a year, while 19% said that they receive feedback once a year or less. And in the wide world of leadership development, I often find myself in conversations where the skill of providing clear and honest yet constructive feedback is a challenge. Now, this is definitely a topic I could explore a little bit more on with, uh, with another episode. But before I get way too off track, I'll tie it back to growing to greatness. If you are in the process of creating something new, or you're trying to improve a process, or even trying to wrap your arms around a new job, feedback is a crucial part of the growth process. And trust me, it is very uncomfortable to grow because, in a way, you sort of feel vulnerable. But if done the right way, feedback can unlock doors that we never dreamed possible. And that's why it's important to know how to ask for feedback as well as how to provide feedback. Because the insight that you provide someone else just might change the trajectory of their career for the better. I know it did for me. This brings us to our second and final topic of the episode, which is how to ask for feedback. Now, that word can seem like a forbidden word at times, feedback, and we'll put that in air quotes. It even tends to have a bit of a cringe factor. If that's the case for you, then rephrase it and ask for advice instead. Your mindset going into any conversation where you're asking for feedback should be, what can I do to get better? Remember, good is the enemy of great. You may be currently doing things that will hold you back from greatness, so go on and ask how you can improve. Another key element is to give the person whom you're asking feedback from enough of an advance so that they can prepare good constructive advice. Sometimes we catch people off guard, and then they'll say something like, oh, I I thought you did a good job on that project, or there isn't really anything I can think of at the moment. When I used to design professional development courses, the scariest part, no, the, the part I really dreaded the most was the pilot version of that class. It was during these pilots that I would ask people to come in as participants with the agreement that they would provide honest and constructive feedback so that we can check and adjust before we rolled out the final version of the course to the rest of the learner population. Some companies call this beta testing, we call them pilots. Even though this process was part of our team culture, I was still sweating bullets because it represented, in some cases for me, months and months of work. Then, and it, This is all out there for people to poke holes in. Although the end goal of the pilot is to pick at the course and make it stronger, again, like I said earlier, the growing process is painful. When we create, ideate, innovate, we should seek feedback every step of the way. While I believe that in the idea generation stage, there is no such thing as a bad idea, I do believe that there is such thing as poor judgment when it comes time to implement. Surround yourself by those who can build you up with good constructive feedback, and try to build others up if you're ever asked to provide your own thoughts on how one can grow to greatness. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Thought Pioneering. I hope to see you on the next one.